And I sat down that first day and that phone rang from 8 a.m. Oh. until 5 p.m. And like I sat at my desk and I was like, I was like, I was like, I, I'm going to fucking quit right now. I was like, I, do, I don't think can I cuss on this. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, this is I sometimes they just slip. All right. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I was like, I, I don't. This is not for me. I don't like people that much. Like, I don't want to talk to people and tell them to, did they turn it off and on? Well, on Fluffy Bunny or Jonathan, which, you know, which do you go by? Um, uh, I mean, I Jonathan's good. good. Like, it, it's, unfluffy yeah, bunny's a lot to say, you know. Yeah, that's why most people just call me Bunny. I, well, I wasn't, you know, I was gonna say Bunny, but you know, I was like, hey, that might be a little, you know, that's for you know behind the scenes type stuff. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's one of those situations. I tell everybody, like, yeah, Bunny's fine. Yeah, unfluffy awesome. Bunny's a lot. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing this, man. I really appreciate this. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Thanks for having me. I was, uh, I was very excited when you asked if I, uh, I wanted to hop on and join, and I was like, yeah, of course. Especially after you had Garlem, and then you had oh, dude, Dan that was also. Awesome. Yeah, Dan. I uh, actually just had Marks from last night. Did an offline recording with him. So the whole premise of Tardox is basically getting one on ones with all of you guys who are in the community doing. Whether you're streaming, whether you're creating content, whether you're part of Evasion, and just letting people hear that story. I like. I remember when I started in Tarkov. Um, it was right around the time that Sigma and Veritas, and even before like Pestily was even big. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been. I, re I remember getting raided by Pestily. Like Pestily followed my channel four years ago. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Sweet. Yeah, this was before all of them have grown. So that's really awesome. I'm glad to hear that. That's going to be cool. Yeah. So, but tonight it is about you, Bunny. Perfect. I well, spotlight on me. Great. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so let's go with three quick questions. Who's your favorite cartoon hero growing up? Oh, uh, like actual cartoon hero? Or yep. are we talking like comics or anything nope, like that? Nope, cartoon first. Cartoon. What was your favorite cartoon growing up? Oh man, probably Ninja Turtles. 100%. Okay. Yeah. All right. That tells me you're at least born late 80s. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mid 80s. Like, literally mid 80s. Like middle. <laughs> okay. All right. That's good. I don't feel as old as, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm an old one. All right. I'm older. I got you beat. I remember seeing Star Wars in the drive-in in 77 oh. when I was 5, so yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm an OG. Uh furthest place you've ever traveled? Uh, oh man, it depends. Um, I've been from one coast to the other. I've gone to like Mexico, um, but that's pretty much it. Nowhere overseas too far. Yeah. Usually still just North America, but yeah, probably, probably Cozumel, Mexico. Uh, or, okay. You know. I've traveled a lot. I, I love traveling. It's Excellent. one of my favorite things. All right. And the last of the rapid fire questions, what's your favorite adult beverage? Uh, favorite adult, a Long Island iced tea, All right. or an old fashioned. Actually, damn, old fashioned. I, and now that I've gotten older, yeah, I kind of lean more into the old fashions. Yeah, ah. Long Island was like for a long time, like that was my go to because I'm a big guy. <laughs> you know, it doesn't like it doesn't come across on the screen. People yeah. don't understand this. I'm like I'm like six two six three. Like I'm a big guy. Yeah, and so like going out to drink, it's like. You know, I could pound beers all day and like, I'm like, oh, whatever, I don't feel anything. But Long Island's, they did the trick when I was younger. 
Ah, okay. Very cool. All right, let's jump into it. Where does the nickname Unfluffy Bunny come from? Oh, man. This is actually like a two-part thing. All right. So one of my favorite movies growing up as a kid was Monty Python and the Holy Grail. So I always loved those little white bunny scenes where they just murder everybody. <laughs> yeah. It's like you have this cute, innocent thing that just murders, murders, murders. Um, and then so I always wanted I always had something with like bunny in my name um, growing up. And then when I started playing Guild Wars one on the PC, uh, I had a lot of European friends. And the way that we communicated and worked was we had a website called unfluffybunny.com at the time. And it was just kind of like our community thing. And then when that imploded and went away, I decided to keep the name and keep keep going with it. Okay. Very cool. All right. So how did we get here today? How did Unfluffy Bunny get from guild gaming to here you are on stream, you know, on Twitch? Yeah. Oh, that is a that is a long story, but uh I'll condense it down. Okay. So I, I went to school for computer programming, networking, web design, um, and with a minor in graphics. So I went to college. I did that, you know, got married, all that stuff. And I was working for a insurance company, Blue Cross and Blue Shield of South yeah. Carolina. Um, I was working for them and I was in their network or their um I started in their department to help with any kind of website issues. So yeah. I was I was a support center. It was literally a support, like a call center. And it was the worst job I had ever had in my entire life. I and it was it was so bad because when I when I interviewed, I was like, and like I went to like the the testing and I went in and they were showing, I was like, I even asked my the recruiter, I was like, is this a call center job? And he was like, no, you <laughs> might take one or two calls ever. This is more website based stuff. Cause that's what I was, I went to school for was websites, building yeah. websites. So I was like, okay, okay. Are you you're sure? He's like, yeah. And I sat down that first day and that phone rang from 8 AM <laughs> until 5 PM. And like, I sat at my desk and I was like, I was like, I was like, I, I'm going to fucking quit right now. I was like, I, do, I don't think, can I cuss on this? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. This is, I sometimes they just slip. All right. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I was like, I, I don't, this is not for me. I don't like people that much. Like, I don't want to <laughs> talk to people and tell them to, did they turn it off and on? Oh God. Um, and then my, my wife at the time was like, you know, just stick it out. Do you think you can stick? I was like, I'll try. And then I was there for five years and I had left that job and I worked for the same company and um, I moved to handling prisons claims processing and I did programming for them. So I actually wrote how the claims came in. Yeah. And that was nice. Like, that was awesome. I like I, that was more my field. I didn't have to talk to people and yep. handle things. That was way more my field. And then the company decided to restructure. Uh. So my entire branch where I lived pretty much was just like it was axed. Like the entire company, for the most part, they went down to a skeleton crew. They made people work from home. And then my entire job was cut and moved to a different city. And oh, it was no. just like, so I, I got a big severance and things like that when that happened. And I had been, I have been on Twitch since 2012, December of 2012. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've been, I've been. I've had an account with them for 2012, 2013, something yeah. like that. Um, 
And I've always like passingly streamed where it was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'll stream for friends. I'm just going to stream to friends. I'm going to, or I'm going to do this. And then um, it, it was something I had loved. And I, I originally started streaming from my Xbox because I didn't have a PC strong enough to do it. Yeah. Well, before Xbox and the Mixer thing happened, they Xbox promoted streamers on Twitch, like oh. through their app that were streaming Xbox games from the Xbox. They yeah. had the whole section. So whenever a games with gold would come out, I would stream it from my Xbox and get like 100, 200 people, oh, shit. which was mind blowing to yeah. me at the time. Like you want to talk about discoverability not happening. That was discoverability showing like this is how it happens. People oh, want to know shit. about these games with gold. It was amazing. And I I I didn't have OBS. Yeah. I didn't have I didn't have <laughs> notifications. I had the chat on my phone and next <laughs> to me at the time. Like I'm like, uh, yeah, guys. And then, you know, we had the I had the trolls come in where they would do like slash me donates a hundred dollars. And I'm like, I'm nothing set up. You didn't donate a hundred dollars. <laughs> Go away. Um but so I was like, you know what? This is something I've always wanted to do. I love content creation. I love YouTube. I love gaming. I've been gaming since I was like two, yeah, three. I mean, the NES was my first console. Like my dad, like he played it for weeks beforehand yeah, in secret before Christmas. <laughs> and then like two weeks after I had it, I was showing him how to do things. Yeah. You know, my mom talks about it all the time. She's like, yeah, he would, he would be like, no, no, let me show you how to do it. So gaming is a huge part of my life. And I was yeah. like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I have, I have severance saved up. I've got this big thing done and I just went and I did it. I was like, yep, we're doing it. And I've been doing it ever since. Wow. So you've been full time for that long. Yeah. I've been full time for that long. It's been, it's been a roller coaster. It's been, man, the whole, my whole past few years has been up and down a yeah. lot of personal life um things like that and then yeah yeah. so it's yeah like all the conversations i have with everybody who does this as a job it is not easy like a lot of people think it is it's you're not just playing a game and you know you're you have to worry about the content creation aspect after you go off stream you're sitting for hours in front of a computer and you're not having that interaction combat or Mm -hmm. you know contact like you like and you do with a nine-to-five job yeah it's got to be so tough. It it is extremely tough, and I made I have made so many mistakes through my career. Yeah, like, and I I own every one of them. I don't blame anybody else for any of my mistakes because when I originally started streaming, I started playing like I started League of Legends, and then like within a month, I stopped League of Legends and instantly went to Tarkov, and yeah. that was when my Tarkov career started. Okay. Um. And I was right there. I was in the Tarkov community before Tarkov had blown up when it did that first real big blow up when yeah. and oh Baron that was amazing. Stigma. Like so what had happened was I was in there with them at the time. And I was I had gone through a couple of wipes with Tarkov and yeah. I was like, I was like, I like this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go to GTA RP. Like I was oh. like, I'm gonna do RP. I was like, this, you know, I, I like acting, I like being goofy. This will be fun. You got the voice so, for it. Yeah, so I went, I went, and I left Tarkov right before Tarkov blew. Oh, yeah. So I went to GTA RP, but I don't regret that because when I went, like, I do regret it. I do have regrets where I'm like, man, that was like a big opportunity that was missed. But I, I went to GTA RP and I learned a lot, and I, I did, I did really, really well over at like GTA RP. Like, yeah, I met some amazing 
content creators over there like Timac, he plays Tarkov every once in a yeah. while. Proxy, like there was some huge, huge t- content creators that I got to meet and be a part of, and and a really good community. And unfortunately, the server that I was on, it, it was one of the biggest servers at the time. It was yeah. it was the family RP. That was like where if you were a RPer in yeah. GTA, you were on the server, and then that server fell apart. Yeah. Um. And then that's when you know. And at that time, I was like, it, it was funny too because. I've done it twice now. <laughs> I left there yeah. and I came back to Tarkov. Well, when you do that, you have to rebuild. Yeah. And so I started the rebuilding process here at Tarkov and, and with the Tarkov community. And lo and behold, I left GTA right as oh. no pixel picked up and that whole GTA <laughs> oh, RP blew back up. Yeah. And I'm just like, Fuck. I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? Like oh. this is twice. This has yeah. happened to me as a content creator where <laughs> I leave yep. and then I move to something else and it, then that thing blows up and I'm just like, oh, I, whatever. Oh God. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh my Lord. Now you're going to do it for cycle. You're going to hop over to cycle or wait till cycle <laughs> blows up. And it's like, Hey guys, you know, jump, you know what's going to happen is if I, if I go over to the cycle, Tarkov is going to blow up again. Oh. Like it's, yep. it's literally, I'm going to leave and Tarkov is just going to blow up again. Yep. And, uh, no, I do. I really do. Like, I the the cycle is one of those games that is going to be in my rotation of games. Yeah, because it has that Tarkov itch in a very unique way, and I and I thoroughly love it. So I think I think the tar I think there's a great um I think there's a great symbiotic relationship that can be had between yeah. Tarkov and the cycle, and it's it's you know it's very different. Like you have people, I have viewers that are just like, I cannot watch you do GTRP. It's so boring. Yeah. Like, I I don't enjoy it, and th- and that's understandable. But mm-hmm. with the cycle, you have those people who are like, well, you know, it's still a shooter, it's still loot shooting, yeah. and you get that nice that nice group. So I'll probably throw that into. I love to man. I can't wait for that open beta to open back up. It's what eighteen? Yeah, it's not too far week. off. Yep. Now, here's something I like, you know, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Like I said, 77, I saw it. And I was thinking the other day, you know, what if you had George Lucas and Nikita had a baby and you had an art, you know, a Tarkov style game, but in the Star Wars universe where maybe instead of like uh, bears and Usec, you had like the huts and the black sun being your two. And then basically you're doing raids on rebel or uh imperial planets or maps and you throw in all the things that are in tarkov the gunplay the loot and shooters like oh my god that would be fucking awesome as long as nobody as long as nobody is a jedi yes because the you know and this is one thing like i'm a huge star wars fan also like absolutely love star wars star wars is always to the core it's best when it is a space western yes Yep. Absolutely. And that, and that's one thing I I've always like I like I love Star Trek also, but I love mm-hmm. Star Trek and Star Wars for two separate reasons. Star Trek I love because of the ships. Like yep. you could take the story, you can take you can just put those ships and fight them all day and I'll just sit there like, "Yes, this is yep. what I want." Just keep blowing like have some emotion on the ship on the deck, yep. like cut to them every once in a while. We don't have enough, you know, whatever. Blow each other up. That's all <laughs> I want. But when Star Wars happens, I want it to be a western. That's why I think like that's why I think Mandalorian and like Book of Boba Fett even though I didn't really enjoy the way it started Started. I yeah, Boba Fett. I'm not sure. Still on that one, but uh, I, I'm right there yep. with you. Like I, those first three episodes, I just sat there and I went, "This isn't good." <laughs> like yeah, I literally this is not like, who Boba Fett is. is. 
I was like, I, yeah, I was like, I was like, no, Boba Fett's a badass. Like, what are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Boba Fett is amazing, and you guys have literally <laughs> just turned him into a chump. Like, yeah, like, at every turn, he's just getting beat. There's a lot with that show that they're to unpack, but yeah. when you, <laughs> the problem is too that the show only got good when Mandalorian came back, and I was like, yep. This isn't okay. Like you no. guys need to not do this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but no. Yeah, so Tar- Tarkov Star Wars oh. would be kind of cool. You know that there is another. There is a game that's in early development. Um, that is Tarkov in space. Oh, I cannot remember the name of it, but they have. It is literally like the develop. Like the developer pretty much was like Tarkov was our complete yeah. inspiration for this. And it and it's it's weird too because all of the guns are space styled, but they're yeah. all space styled off of like AKs oh, or okay. M4. Like they're very much you get that like you know with the cycle you don't ever have any kind of like like attachment to the weapons because you're yes. like that's not a real weapon. What they did was they were like, no, what if we took real weapons, mm-hmm. but just it was like we rushed to space, so we had to use the weapons we had, so we modified them a bit. Yeah. Oh, what is the name? Of, I've got to look up the name of this game. I cannot remember. Like right. final Star Wars thing, and then we'll jump over to you know. But if you're watching all nine movies, do you include Rogue One in it? If you're doing a marathon, do you do one through three, drop in Rogue One, and then do the original, and then end with the you know the un. You know, let's not talk about the end movies. Yes. I think yeah. so. I think Rogue One, when I remember watching Rogue One, and I was like, this this is Star Wars. This is the perfect, like, it the is. way that they did everything. And the, my favorite thing was there was no retconning of material with it. It was mm-hmm. like, no, you just kind of were like, this could have happened. Like, yeah. this could have been its own standalone movie. Oh, totally. Bef- like, before, and you would have been like, this makes complete sense. Yeah. That, uh, that's, um, oh, the, you know, the, it, during the whole movie, they all started dying off. Like, oh my God, nobody's mm-hmm. going to get, and it's like, holy shit. And that was just, yeah, it was, I, I really enjoyed that one. That was such a great movie. Yeah. It, it was really well done. The music in that one mm-hmm. also yeah was absolutely amazing. I, I loved it. Yeah. Oh man. So Tarkov, what got you hooked into Tarkov? Um, I, I like, I like pain. I, I, I'm going to be honest. Like, <laughs> you I like think getting your food pushed in? I, 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 I think that's what it is. Like, I, man, I remember, so I wasn't in the first, obviously I'm not, I'm not an alpha member of Tarkov. I'm yeah. not, I, but I remember learning about Tarkov through Clintus and through Grimm's, um, and through deadly slot. Yeah. Like I remember learning about Tarkov through them and watching this game that was so unforgiving mm-hmm. and the the biggest thing for me was the gun gameplay yeah the shooting the the way that you could modify their weapons oh, yeah. but it was real modification it was it was like that next logical step in call of duty where it's like you can pick up a gun in call of duty you can tell that this is that site it's not named that site in right. real life um you can tell that it has this grip or this and, and they just make it like oh this is the gun you know yep. what i mean but Tarkov did something that no other developer had done or BSG did where it was like, I could build an entire weapon in this game, go to the local gun store and build that entire weapon. Yeah. And 
the way that people moved and fought every the, the, and the the looting aspect of it it kind of scratched all of those itches yep. that I was looking for at the time. Yep. And it was just perfect across the board. And and there's no it's even today it's it's like uh no other game scratches that itch like that, you know. It's mm-hmm. well I'll go and try another game and then I'll just feel that like that itch. I got to come back to Tarkov. It's crazy. Yeah. Now, do you still, you know, you've been playing for a while. Do you still get the pucker factor? Um, yes. Yeah. So it, it depends. Like, it honestly is one of those situations where, yeah, you know what? No, I still do. I'm thinking like, I'm. it's like, especially like if I run into bosses or anything like that, it still yeah. happens. Like, I 100% hear shots near me and I'm like, what, where, where, where? Yeah. Like. Yeah, I still get that. I like some of the combat rushes have kind of died down a little bit mm-hmm. for me, but no, it's still it's still same same game. Yeah, it is. It's pretty good. So now with uh, you know Christmas came the twelve twelve drop. What you know what has been your favorite thing about that? Oh, hundred percent inertia. Yeah, hundred percent. So uh, Tarkov Tarkov had a really weird transition cycle where. We had the game that we loved, right? Mm-hmm. Tarkov originally, when I first started playing, it was so amazing. It was so different. It was so unique. And then we got, what was it, 11.12 or something or 10.12? I can't remember. But it was the moment that the game became Call of Duty. Yeah. Are and we talking before when you can go into labs and you go in with a, a weapons case, load it up and just run, 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 jump? Yeah. 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 It's like when we got this entire new influx of players that were younger they were call of duty players they were Fortnite players they were these people who very much liked running gun gameplay yeah um and that wasn't that was never what tarkov was supposed to be Mm -hmm. um now i don't begrudge them or anything like that and i i've I've talked about this multiple times where i appreciate them coming in and opening the developer's eyes to like some fundamental flaws with the game that needed to be addressed um, and it'll it pushed the developers to make and address those issues faster yeah. than I think they may have. Because you have like when you have people that are just sprinting all over a map, such as labs. I mean, because you gotta like when I played, factories was our was our labs. Yeah. Like factory was the map. If you wanted PvP, you would put on your your fort armor, your Alton, you would run PvP on factory. Yeah. And then they we left that behind and we went and then we got labs and th- that whole labs gameplay to me, like still I watch labs players still today and I, I'm like, this isn't Tarkov, this is boring. Like yeah. this is if I want to do this or I want to watch this, I'm gonna go watch somebody play Warzone. Yep. Like th- honestly, like cool, you get a cool gun. You get the you get a one tap peek. Okay, that was right. cool, I guess. Not really. Like there wasn't yeah. a lot of skill in that. You just literally lined his head up, peeked him, shot him, he died. Like that could have been attributed to desync. That could have been attributed. Like I don't find I don't find that a lot of skillful. Yeah. Like this when it comes to gameplay. I think there's a lot of knowledge and I mm-hmm. appreciate the knowledge that they have. I'm like, no, to know that, hey, when I lean out, I need to be my gun needs to be at this right. height to hit him in the head if that's where they're at. Like that game knowledge, I will never take that away from people. Yeah. But what they're doing, I am like, no, nah, it's not for me. Yeah. Now, were you surprised when they did, when all of a sudden you're in a raid and all of a sudden you hear the airdrop, the uh, plane fly over, and it's like, what the hell? Yeah, the oh man, the airdrops. When Nikita, 
god a year ago i think it was that nikita the picture airdrops like yeah. he, no he was on a podcast and he was like um, i want to have airdrops in the game and everybody was just thinking like PUBG airdrops right yeah and, and that's what it is yeah oh like, yeah realistically but like everybody just thought he was joking yeah so the fact that like the first time we i heard of that airdrop happen and like i knew about it yeah because it was like leaked by everybody once they knew about it and i was like okay well uh, let's see and then the first time that 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 happened i was just like is this a thing like i was like this is great actually this is yeah this is amazing like the amount of things that you can set up because of an airdrop like oh you need shooterborn oh i've been having a hard time getting shooterborn on this yeah. map here's an airdrop i used to, i used an airdrop to get two of my shooterborns on shoreline this yeah this pipe i was like this is great i'm just gonna lay over here and just wait and lo and behold somebody comes walking up and then i just tap him in the head yeah absolutely Oh, you can't oh, knock that. <laughs> I love them. I love them. And and VoIP has surprised me. I you know I was thinking VoIP you know PUBG is like oh this is going to be awful, but it is not. It hasn't turned to that yet, and it's still you know everybody gets their sort of little RP on going on like hey you know with their their you know VoIP voice going and uh, mm-hmm. it's it's still still fun. Oh VoIP is something I remember when we talked about when we were like playing around with the idea of VoIP. VoIP is one of those things that I always was against. I yeah. like hundred percent from the moment somebody said VoIP in Tarkov, I was like, this is the dumbest idea anybody can do. Like this yeah. is so like why? Because the thing about it and what I'm very sad about is Tarkov had, we had a unique language. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, why do you think the AI scavs wiggle? Yeah. You, and that's gone. Like wiggling's gone. Like that's yeah. not a thing anymore. Nope. So like there's this whole aspect of of this un like this communication aspect that we had in Tarkov that is just obsolete. And like you see like a new player joins today that has no idea about wiggling, sees a scav wiggle like, at him. He's gonna be like, Why is that scav doing that? What yep. is he doing? But that was like that was a thing. Like we knew, like, hey, you wiggle at each other, you guys are homies for the rest of the raid. Like oh, you don't yeah. kill each other. Yeah. And that's gone. But boy. Boy, for the most part, has been really, really good. Like, I think it's very healthy. I think it's very, I don't know. Like, I, I was, I was apprehensive about turning it on at first, but I'm very, very glad I did. Yeah, it has been, it has been amazing. Um, because I also play Hunt Showdown yep. a lot, and the VoIP in that is super toxic. <laughs> and I, I was, I was just <laughs> expecting that's what it was going to be. But now, it why do you think VoIP is toxic in the Hunt versus Tarkov? Is it just you know, I gotta think where the ages are probably similar. The average age of person playing that game, uh, Steam. I think. A oh, lot of okay. Steam, yeah. like it, you know what I mean. It's a Steam yeah. game. People That's are true. a little bit more. I don't know. Yep. Like I, I don't know. Like I, I, I wish I could say it more. I, but I, I also think it's just the the caliber of people. Like I mean, to play Tarkov versus Hunt. I mean, Hunt Hunt is a game that like it's very grueling. It's very much along the lines of Tarkov in a couple of senses, you know, about how you're loading into the raid, your character has permadeath. Yeah. Things like that. Um, but there is a there is a struggle to Tarkov that just I think creates com- camaraderie between players. Like it just happens for the yeah. most part. We, we, there's always going to be a few bad apples. Oh but. yes. Now when you started playing Tarkov, were you mainly solo or did you run with groups? When I when I originally started playing Tarkov, I was solo. 
always. Yeah. I always played by myself. Um, and then I, I have a couple of like people, viewers that had come in and I became really good friends with them. And then we started playing a lot together. And, um, but yeah, like even still, like most of the time, if I did anything in Tarkov, it was always solo. Yeah. I did so much solo. But it's a now, tough game to play with other people. It really shows how bad we are at communication. Mm-hmm. And that's very true. But like, I, I do have to say the more that I've played it, mm-hmm. um, like now I would much prefer to play with somebody like I God, playing solo, unless I'm doing like what I did tonight where I just did money runs yep. on shoreline. Like it, it, to me, I just get so bored now. Like, I'm like, I don't want to be by myself. Like this is, I, yeah. like, it is way more interesting and high. Like, I, I think it's more high energy because you're literally mm-hmm. communicating with somebody else. Like, where are you at? What are you yeah. doing? Are we doing this? Okay, they're on this floor. Like, there's a lot more high intensity where it's like solo. If I run into a four man on solo, I don't have to worry about anybody else. Yep. I just need to kill everything that moves. It doesn't right. matter. You're not communicating. You, know, you you're going at your pace. You're not trying to adjust to the, everybody else's pace. And yeah, no, that's true. Exactly. Now you run with a. Who do you mainly run with? Oh, I I don't have like a main group that I run yeah. with. Um. I would probably say recently the main person and main people that I've been running with is like, is like Sigma. I've been yeah. running with Sig a lot lately. Um, Gingy, if she's around, yeah. Miss Bo, if she's playing. Uh, but yeah, me and me and Sig have been running a lot together lately, and it, it's been nice. It's really fun. She's great. She's oh. awesome at the game. She Dude. takes care of me because I forget everything. That's why my <laughs> name in game is Goldfish Boy now. <laughs> That's awesome. But, you know that brings up to a good point, like. The women in Tarkov are badasses, man. Mm-hmm. We got such a great community, I think, you know, compared to other games and whatnot. I just, you know, they're just top notch. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. There are a lot of amazing female content creators and female players across every game. But the the ladies of Tarkov are a different breed. Like, yeah. oh, like I. I I don't ever like I'm so glad some of them are on servers I can't connect to <laughs> because I'm just like if I ran into you, you're just gonna kill me yeah. I, like like uh, I know I know my skill level and I watch what they do and it's yeah. uh, no I don't want any part of that nope. they're amazing Peace all of up. the ladies yeah yeah they're amazing now speaking of Sigma you're you're with evasion you're part of the evasion crew how did you get hooked up actually first of all what do you do with evasion so with Evasion, I am the headcaster for Evasion. I am I assist, you know, with production. I assist with making sure that we have casters available for all of our events. But yes, I'm I'm the headcaster at Evasion. And how did you get hooked up with them? Oh man, that so I originally got in with Evasion back in season two of the streamer battles. Um I was I a buddy of mine, one of my mods was like, Hey, they're, they're doing this. You should sign up. And I was like, I'm not good enough to sign up, but I was like, whatever, I'll sign up. Yeah. So I signed up and they approached me and they were like, Hey, do you want to play? This was like, this was back when it was a little bit less formal in the sense of like, you know, contact and, and setting everything up. Yeah. And, uh, they Sigma literally messaged me and was like, you got a spot. Do you want to play? I was like, are you available? I was like, yes, I, I am in. Um, I played in my first round and I won it. I was like, I was like, wow, I beat some really good people. Like, I was like, maybe I'm not as bad at this game as I <laughs> thought I was. Um, but I won. This was when we had factory 
and it was it's one of my favorite games that we still play where um you can either bank it or risk it with your points and and that's how i won was off of my factory runs because i i played a lot of factory pvp yeah and it was like you run through it's like okay you got these kills you got this many points do you want to risk it or do you want to bank them but if you risk it your multiplier for the next raid goes up you get more points and it's like okay let's do this let's do this and i won and i was like awesome amazing and then you know, I played the next round and it did. I, I got Tarkov all day. It did not like <laughs> it was like I got Tarkov I over and over and over. And but even still, like I met like some amazing people through yeah. that, made good friends with uh, through that. But that was how I originally found them. And then season three rolled around and I got into that and yeah. I, I killed the season two winner. In my first, I was like, I was happy. I was like, you know, that's my highlight. I killed, I killed the champion for season two in my raids. I'm yeah. good. Like I, I've, 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 I'm at the top. Yeah. Uh, even I'm if retiring. I lose, I'm done. Yep. Yeah, if I lose, I'm still the best. <laughs> um, so I did that, and then I messaged Sig, and I was like, hey, if you ever want to guest caster, I would love to cast with you. Like I, because she was still, she was still casting everything at this yeah. time. So, and she was bringing in guests to cast with her. And mm-hmm. I was like, I would love to. So then she messaged me. I think it was like a Friday night. She's like, what are you doing tomorrow? And I was like, nothing. She's like, uh, I was like streaming. She's like, do you want to cast? And I was like, yes. I was like, yeah, I would love to. So I got to cast with her and I had a blast. We had a great time. Um, and then it was like a few weeks later and, mm-hmm. I, and I messaged her. Look, if you ever want me again, I would love to. And then a few weeks later, she was like, hey, I'm doing this. You want to come on? And I was like, yes. And then I came on, I think I came on for the championship of that season too. I think she had me back for that. Yeah. Uh, and then we kind of, you know, fast forward to season four, season five, um, every production got much bigger for mm-hmm. evasion. And it was like, Hey, we're going to have like a set of casters. Like we're going to have people. Sig wanted to take a step back. If I remember correctly, yeah. I, I, if you know, I don't want to speak exactly mm-hmm. for how all of that worked. But it was like, hey, we're going to have these set casters. And then we started doing that. And then I, I started talking to Hotel. And I, it just kind of became one of those situations where it was like, hey, we like you. you you're, you're now the head caster. And it, and it unfolded in that way because we have yeah. so many talented people. And like, I, I was very fortunate. I mean, we, we have some great, great people over there in the casters team. And I, 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 I honestly can't thank them enough for everything they do. And then me getting that opportunity to lead them was yeah. just beyond. Yeah. For those that don't know the caster, you're sort of doing the play by play, correct? That's yeah, what you're. So, yeah. So with the casters role, we, we have a couple of different roles. So we have people that are more play by play. We have people that are more host like, mm-hmm. um, we have, you know, it, it, but everybody's kind of flexible and does what we need them to. Cause we very much, I, I'm a huge esports guy. Like yeah. I, I love esports. I mean, I, I wake. It's funny. Like right now, every single morning, I wake up and the first thing I do is I turn on the Rainbow Six Invitational. Yeah, because that's going on, and I watch there. I watch their production. I watch their casters. I watch their games. Like I, I just enjoy it. I, mm-hmm. I love casting. I love the production aspect of it. Um, so it's one of those situations where it's like we as casters have to, where it's like a big production company like that. They have people that are specifically like, you are the host. Yeah. This is your entire job. And then you are color. You are an analyst. You sit there and analyze every game. And then we talk about that in between games. And yeah. you're you're the commentators. You're calling play by play in the game. Um, we don't have that many people, and our competition isn't to that point yet. Yeah. Um, I'm going to preface that with a yet. Yes. Um, 
So it's one of those situations where like we ha- all have to wear many different hats. Some mm-hmm. of us wear the hat host hat a lot. I, I find myself in that role yeah. a lot. And then some of us do the play by play and color very, very well. So yeah, when you're watching the competition and you're hearing those voices tell you what's going on or advertisements that we need to give mm-hmm. you, that is our voices. Ah, very cool. And now, you know, prepping for that, you know, do you have to sort of, you know, hop in a few different people's streams to get an idea of who they are and, and some background or somebody else, you know, pulling in that data and, and sort of organizing it and, you know, getting it ready for you for like, you know, when you go live, you've got everything there at your fingertips. Both. Um, It is one of those situations where I always suggest to casters, um, make sure you go to any of the people that you may be casting for. Make sure you kind of take a look at their stream, understand them a little bit, get some background information. Yeah. But the team at Evasion, like, honestly, the fact, like, most people would not believe that this is a volunteer team over there. Yeah. Because the amount of work that that team puts in behind the scenes is for free for, I yeah. mean, this is their, there's their time that they're giving Yeah, is on another level. And you, when we get into the casters booth, they have data. They have, they literally for us, like if we didn't want to go and do this stuff, we yeah. could probably not, but I don't ever suggest that. I'm like, no, go do still do your research. Yeah. But honestly, like they have like, what's their favorite maps? What's their favorite guns? Like there's a, there's an amazing team behind every show at evasion that puts on so much work so seriously like they they get all of that information for us and they just they they do their research and they're great yeah well we had um on our christmas pod with i do with the hideout we had we had sigma one peg veritas uh geeks yep i watched that and that was the first time we got to you know we got to chat with sigma and it was phenomenal what a fantastic lady and mm-hmm. with her running in you know be, evasions her baby how can you not everybody be excited and just you know want to do everything you know to be successful there it's it's such a it's a cool vibe it seems you know talking to garlam and and you know just stuff i've seen on on you know from twitter you know, twitter and mm-hmm. all the tournaments it's just it's a fantastic job you guys all do it is a, it's an amazing thing. I mean, you, you got to remember that like the streamer battles, a lot of people don't realize that this this grew from Sig being bored in the middle of wipes. Yeah. You know, she's like, what can we do to have fun? And, and this is how it happened. And then for it to grow from this like idea of being bored into wipes into this company. I mean, this is like like evasion is a organization it is a real company it is yeah uh i can't remember if she if it's an l i can't remember i think it's LLC. LLC. I think she's llc that yeah. yeah but it is a it is a full-on production company well to the point ran- where you guys have connections in you have api connections into the game your servers are, are the you know use utilizing bsg servers it's yeah it's yeah, real I- yeah, especially with trios when we did trios being able to have a private server oh. last season for trios and bsg working with us in that sense and and having access to kind of get a glimpse behind the curtain and and with this company yeah it was amazing it was absolutely it's like you know and, and like that being said too like sig is she is a huge part of the tarkov community yeah with um like she's an emissary like mm-hmm. they, they're all very very close so it, it is amazing. They, God, like uh, trios was something I never thought was going to happen. And when it did, it was, it was absolutely mind blowing. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was pretty cool. 
Awesome. So now I had, there was another question I was going to ask about the evasion piece, but oh yeah, you know, the new season's coming. That's going to be, you know, some announcements soon. And you guys just added Gingy. I saw, was that yesterday or today to the team? Yeah, they, they added Gingy to the team yesterday, I believe. That's yeah. Pretty cool. She's a longtime contributor to the, to the community and everybody loves her. It's, it's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a natural fit. Yeah, the 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 entire team evasion over there with the with the growth that they've had this season with a lot of the new announcements it's been it's been absolutely one of the coolest things to see because you have evasion as a team isn't just like competitive anymore like yeah. they have the evasion realistically I like in the next year I like I like time frame like hard to say but. Yeah. Like they are starting to grow as an organization to be something that you would see like Hundred Thieves mm-hmm. or Phase Clan or any or like NRG, right? You know what yeah. I mean? Like that is that is the direction that Evasion is going very very quickly. Yeah, and you never know. Like I mean, I I don't know what Sig and they're you know like even though I am a part of yeah the the organization. I deal with a entirely different side, so I don't know what their official goal yeah. is on that stuff. But if they announced tomorrow on Twitter and I woke up and they were like, Hey, we have a competitive team for call of duty league. Yeah. I would not be surprised. I would be like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I see that happening. Yeah. Or with, you know, the arena coming, whenever that drops, you've got a team ready to go possibly mm-hmm. with, you know, and I don't know, there's some aspect of the arena that I think is just really cool. And I, I you know, I can't yeah. wait to see what Nikita dreams up and has for us for that. I, I think arena, whatever, like I have ideas of what I would like to see from arena, yeah. but I, I think no matter what it is, it is going to be competitive in a way that we haven't expected mm-hmm. um and that's one thing i love about evasion because like evasion is different even though i think arena is going to be really really cool and i think we're going to be able to do some amazing tournaments with that mm-hmm. and i think we're going to be able to have some like really amazing gameplay with that arena to me is not necessarily exactly what evasion is evasion has always prided itself on kind of encompassing what the essence of tarkov is mm-hmm. because their game types aren't just go kill this amount no, of people it's collect this dude yeah it's yeah. and that's different than other games yeah and that's and that's very different because it's like hey you know we've got this game type where you've got to go up on shoreline and throw cameras down and you've yeah. got to do this and it's like we still are going to reward you for killing things yeah but you have another thing another task that you need to do and and that's the great thing about evasion is they they encompass this entire aspect of what tarkov is but arena, I think, is also going to be another huge growth factor where yes. it's like, look, people want to watch people fight each other. They Absolutely. want to see that competitive level. And evasion, I have no doubt, will be ready to put people into that. And yep. and I think once arena comes, if it's at the level that it should be when it launches, mm-hmm. we might that's when we might start seeing, especially if we keep doing tournaments for prize money. Yeah. You're going to start seeing other orgs start going mm-hmm. mm, can we make something out of this i mean that's how everything is think about rainbow six siege like when it launched it was still rainbow six siege yep. like orgs were looking at it but then it's like nope they're doing prize money we're doing real money i mean same with pub you know honestly i think i always try to use PUBG as an example yeah because nobody knew what PUBG was mm-hmm. nobody knew PUBG, and then like they started running their own tournaments like we are yeah as a community like not just evasion but as a mm-hmm. community and then 
they started doing prize money and then they started getting developer help and then they started growing, growing, growing. And then PUBG became what it is. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's when other organizations started going, well, we'll put a team together for this. Yeah. And I, I can see that with Tarkov. Well, especially right now, Tarkov seems to be the cool kid that all of the other gaming companies are sort of keeping an eye out. You, you know, what game was it the other day I was reading that they're going to have some tar there may be some Tarkov in this game or Tarkov in that game. And it's, yeah, it's like yeah. catching on people like this. People but you, love it. You went back, you know, you were talking about esports, and that's a whole different ballgame altogether. With, you know, I, I do a lot of work. Uh, company, my normal job is we do like, you know, high end classrooms, conference rooms, and things like that with technology. Mm -hmm. We also have done, you know, uh, college esports teams. And yeah. we're talking Division One schools that have, you know, esports directors, which who, you know, you just don't even yeah. think about that. Yeah. And it's such a cool concept because now you have, you know, you know the, you know, uh, St. John's recruiting kids to come play at their school. And, and it's great because these kids who are not, may not be athletic, but they're part of the school now. They're wearing the school colors. And it's just, it's such a cool thing yeah. to, you know, yeah, you can really make a living, you know, being a gamer. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like a lot of people, a, a lot of people who uh, we get this so many times where people are like, "Well, Tarkov's not a competitive game." Yeah, and I'm like, "What? What? What makes it not a competitive game?" Mm -hmm. And they're like, "Well, there's there's these kind of issues. There's like desync. There's you know server issues. Yada yada yada. yada. Um, or certain things don't work correctly. Or or everything's not perfect." And I'm like, yeah. "Like, have you ever watched a sports game? And they're like, like football. Have you ever watched football?" like just American football. How many times have you seen a football game where all of a sudden it starts raining or it starts snowing and the weather's changed? They like, it, it's never a perfect environment. No right. matter what you mitigate the issues that you have yep. build a dome. You know what I mean? That way you don't have to worry about outside weather. Well, now you don't have real grass. You have to worry about turf. How is that going to affect your players? Like every one of these aspects that people complain about in video games being competitive. I'm like, those are the exact same things other athletes have to compete with in the real world. Like, yeah. it's just digital now. Yeah. And and to to make those comparisons and say that Tarkov's not competitive I don't I'm like I don't think you know what competitive means if that's the case. Yeah. Because competitive is putting high level players against one another in these scenarios to do a task. Yeah. That is what what all of it is. It is competitive. I don't I like you can make your arguments as all you want, but if we're looking at factual definitions of a competitive sport, Tarkov fits that. Well, just watching. If anybody watched any of these any of the tournaments, you can you know these. It is exciting, you know. Whether you're you know trying to get you know get some certain pieces of gear or whatnot, or just the the PvP aspect, the one one on one. It's you know there is an entertainment value and it's competitive. Absolutely, mm -hmm. yep, no yep. doubt about that. So let's switch gears a little bit. You know, who, um, you know, from a content creator side, are there any, you know, people that people should be, uh, you want to shout out to or people should keep an eye out on for? And Oh, man, content creators that people need to keep an eye out for. Like, are we are we referring to competitively or just like in general? Yours, like, your view, like, oh. you know, anyone that you, you know, like you watch as like, hey, you know, these, this, you know, this person is going to be good or, you know just like hey here's you know shout out to somebody that people should go check out 
I, I like f- all, honestly the first person that always pops to mind whenever I hear this, and I he's he is growing a lot, but I still think he's extremely highly underrated in the Tarkov community as well, Des. Yeah, like I, like I I enjoy going to Will stream because he has some of the most funny production and interactive things like his videos that he had scripted and, and recorded for him like after a raid if he's done good or something yeah. like that like will des is one of the very first that pops to my head like guys please go like man this he, he's what and i i found out about him through evasion like yeah. he was one of our competitors and it was so funny because when he competed it, because his name is w-i-l-d-e-z yeah uh, for the longest time we were like wild easy you know what i mean <laughs> like we all thought it was wild easy and we're like yeah. wild easy and then it was like he's like no no it's will des and it's like oh what what it's wild easy <laughs> like like nobody gets will des where's the space yeah but uh yeah it was like uh and then from that moment i was just like I, i've enjoyed i go to his streams and i just hang out and i just yeah. lurk i just enjoy them cool so. awesome all right, that's uh, someone should be uh, someone's everybody should check out then. So now cooking the other uh, last week, you had a butter chicken, mm-hmm. and then you said you put it in yogurt, or you uh, marinated in yogurt. Yeah, yeah. I, I never heard of that before. So where did you find that? That's Indian cooking. Okay. So yeah, it's uh, you marinate the chicken uh, thighs in um, full fat yogurt and garam masala yep. seasoning. Uh, it was the first time I've ever attempted to cook butter chicken. I've never, I've never done it. Um, but I, I come from a large, like I, I'm a huge cook. Like I, I've worked in restaurants my entire life. Yeah. My stepdad was a professional chef. Um, so I've, I have a huge culinary background. Like yeah. I love cooking. Um, I've done a few cooking streams on my channel, and oh, it's okay. one of like it is one of my favorite things like the like one of the biggest things that i miss right now is i don't have the ability to do cooking streams Mm -hmm. and i miss them like they are my absolute favorite thing in the entire world um i make a lot of um eastern dishes whether it's from like you know, a, a lot. God, I do so many Korean dishes. I love Korean food. It's one of my favorite foods in the world. Yeah. Or Asian, like any kind of like Asian dishes. Uh, so I attempted the butter chicken. So it was just you chop up the chicken yep. thighs. You put it in full fat yogurt with garam masala seasoning, which is a very like sweet, earthy seasoning. Mm-hmm. And just let it sit overnight. Yeah. And then I just you char it off in like a Dutch oven. Yeah. And then once it's charred off, like you don't cook it, you're just getting the outside really hot and, yeah. and toasting. Pull it out, and then you're gonna add like tomato, heavy cream, cumin, all your seasonings, mm-hmm. things like that. And then you put the chicken back in there and just let it cook slowly. And uh, it's, it's amazing, yeah, absolutely so we, amazing. We do butter chicken all the time in the instapot with all you know all the seasoning and mm-hmm. everything. I, when you you drop the yogurt, I was like, wow, okay, that's yeah, that's wild. Yeah, that that is like from my understanding from the research that I did because I always try to make sure I understand like the different regional aspects that you could see from it. Yeah. But from my understanding, the chicken realistically like it's it is always marinated in yogurt. Like if you want traditional, mm-hmm. like it is marinated in yogurt, th- cooked off like that, and they always cook your chicken. Don't just throw raw chicken into the crock pot. Right. Like, that is <laughs> like oh my gosh, like nothing <laughs> makes me matter and watching people do things that like that i'm just please don't please, please, see. 
least season your food. <laughs> oh, man. That's crazy. Now, what is your go-to dish? If you're going, you're cooking to impress somebody, what are you making? Oh, man. I have a long list of things. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it honestly depends on them. Like, yeah. it, it really, it really, truly depends on them. I can do homemade pasta dishes. Um, I always make my own uh, marinara or my yeah. own spaghetti sauce. Like, I don't like I buy crushed, uh, crushed tomatoes. I make my own sauce. Um, probably depending on if they are if they are into it. One of my absolute favorites is um, stuffed flank steak. Oh, a stuffed flank steak. Yeah. How do you stuff yeah. a flank steak? Do you fold it in half or? No, no. So flank steaks are automatically already thin, right? Yeah. So what you're going to do is you butterfly it. You open oh, it up. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then usually what I use is uh, like a fontina cheese, some kind of like hard Parmesan, stinky cheese, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, basil and um, I, and basil and then prosciutto. Yep. And then what I do is I roll it into a log and i will sear the outside wrap it and then roast it in the oven on a low roast until it's mid-rare through the whole thing and then cut it and then you get these nice little pinwheels of meat oh nice geez yeah it's really really good and then i do marinate the other thing is you have to marinate the meat in red wine and a shallots for like overnight. so oh very cool Now, back to the Asian, the Eastern uh, food, one of the people in my chat about a couple months ago talked about um, Japanese curry, katsu or katsu mm-hmm, curry. Katsu. Yeah, or I've cat, never, yeah, yeah, I've mm-hmm. never heard of a, you know, a curry Japanese chicken before. And I was like, I got to try that out. Have you tasted that? Have you made that? Or I've never had Japanese curry. So Japanese curry, from my understanding, is very, very different than Indian oh, okay. curry. But it's still, it, it's not as... To my understanding, it's not as herby. Like yeah. it's not as like you know when you think about Indian curries, there's a lot of spices. In oh there. yeah, there's like so much. It's it's kind of uh, it's kind of overwhelming, and it's also like it, it, with the Japanese curries, it's a it's sweeter. It's mm-hmm. so you get that sweet savor. That's one of my reasons that I love like like Japanese or Korean or anything like that is it's the flavor combinations that they do with salty and sweet. You know, they have that umami, like, like flavorful, like savory, but then they also pair it with something sweet every single time. And it just hits the taste buds in a, in such an amazing way. Ah, Very cool. Awesome. Well, Hey, hopefully this wasn't too painful for you to to do this. This is, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time and, uh, you know, doing this pod, I'll drop this probably next week or the week after. And, uh, you know, normally what I, I do is, Hey, who, who are you calling out? you know, for me to reach out and get on the pod. Um, oh man, to reach out and get on the pod. There are so many creators. I, you know what? I, I want to, I, I want to say any, any of our new evasion family members like mm-hmm. Will Des or Ash or somebody like that. Right. Like I would reach out to those guys, okay. get them on the podcast. They, both of those guys, I think are really big up and comers in the Tarkov community. Yeah. So show them some love. I, I would reach out to those guys. Done. All right. And, you know, you may have to nudge them, but we'll get, I'll get them on and they can tell their story and we'll find out their secrets. A hundred. I know their boss. So I'll just message him. And there say, we like, go. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Bunny, Hey, I really appreciate this. This has been fantastic. And, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, we didn't destroy your chat too much. No, no, you're good. <laughs> I appreciate it too. Thank you so much for this. This has been a pleasure. Awesome. All right. Hey, you have a good night, man. You too. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. See ya. All right.